We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, my loves. It is Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. Thank you very much uh, for being with us. I uh, really appreciate that. And uh, last night, I uh, I needed some. I needed a little bit of comedic relief last night after uh, yesterday's program. So I uh, did post a couple of pictures from uh, Valentine's Day, which was Tuesday night, and uh, a little I don't know funny thing that could probably be incorporated into a stand-up routine about real life love conversations in the real world. And a number of people have commented on that, uh, not just no, not just on the page, but uh, people who know me uh, privately with uh, texts and emails and stuff like that. Apparently, uh, that particular thing that I wrote last night uh, hit a lot of chords with a lot of people. So I'm grateful that it resonated with you, and I'm grateful that you're able to to uh, get some laughs out of uh, out of that. Look, I have a sixth sense of humor. Uh, have always viewed the world just a little bit differently, and if uh, you can go along with that, if you can get some chuckles out of it, especially after yesterday, um, then my job, my work here is done. Now, uh, I want to talk about something that we started to get into yesterday, but quite frankly, we just uh, we just ran out of time, and that is the uh, the death penalty and. If you ever get a chance to be a radio talk show host, and I think with podcasts, pretty much everybody right now is a talk show host, um, one of the first things you're going to cover, because it is so easy, and that is the death penalty, and whether or not you believe in the death penalty. Now, coming up in just a few moments, you're going to hear some audio from yesterday, two different viewpoints of two different survivors of the May 14th racist terror attack at Tops, which killed 10 of our black brothers and sisters and wounded three other people and left a gaping wound in the heart of the Buffalo community. Please understand, if you have ever been involved or a family member has ever been involved in a situation where their life was ended through homicide, it is, it's almost like your whole family gets killed. Um, The dynamic that I've seen people go through, and unfortunately I'm sure you've seen people go through it as well, is one that you cannot quite ever close the door on. When you lose somebody to homicide, the entire family has a lot of things with which to deal. Grief, sadness, anger, and every other emotion in between. And one of the things as a society, we ask ourselves, how do we punish wrongdoers? And in this particular situation of the May 14th terror attack, How do we punish somebody who 
isn't just a wrongdoer, but an evil, cruel, horrible, violent terrorist who thought nothing of killing 10 innocent people who just went to the grocery store on a Saturday to get a birthday cake for a three-year-old boy, get ingredients for baking, um, just doing the things that, you know, we just all do. We all have to go to a grocery store from time to time. A lot of people do it on a Saturday. Some people do it a few times a week. And it's just such a routine thing. And whoever would have thought that of all of the routine things that human beings could do, that going to a grocery store and running into a psychopathic individual like the terrorist at Tops would actually take place. It's just such a mundane task that we take part in. And how many times have you run into the store before a football game? How many times have you run into a store because, oops, I forgot something for the barbecue and we're having people over in a couple of hours? And you just hop in your car, you go, you don't think anything of it, you walk in, you get your stuff and you leave. Well, obviously that did not happen on May 14th. And uh, one poor young lady never even made it into the store. And it's just so tragic. But how do we deal with somebody, I'm, I'm still not going to say his name, how do we deal with somebody like that? And you're going to hear in a few minutes dueling takes on the death penalty from two people whose lives have been forever changed by the actions of this wretched individual. Now, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, and the most important part of this program today is going to be your telephone calls on the death penalty. In general, do you support the death penalty or do you not support the death penalty as an option for society to deal with the worst among us? And I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, and I mentioned it yesterday as well, and I, I do hope you'll forgive the repetition, but we always have people tuning in, and I want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. In life, we all change opinions. We all evolve. New information presents itself and can sometimes move a needle in our brain in one direction or the other. And way back when, I was a big believer in the death penalty and capital punishment. And I wished we'd had it in New York State for a myriad of crimes that people can commit on other people. My views have changed, and I'll tell you why. Because thanks to the incredible work of Dennis Delano, Buffalo Police Department, we found out that two people who had been incarcerated for years for heinous crimes were actually innocent and they were found guilty and had the best years of their lives taken from them because the system did not work. They were found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. 
And those two people, Anthony Capozzi, who was convicted as the Delaware Park rapist, and he didn't do it, didn't do anything like that. Altemio Sanchez did. And Altemio Sanchez got off the hook because his uncle alibied him for the day in question after the victim spotted him at a local mall, went out, got the license plate number, notified police, police investigated, the uncle alibied him, and this monster was free to go on and kill other people and forever change the lives of other women with the act of rape. Anthony Capozzi and Lynn Dijak were convicted wrongly. And thanks to the work of people like Barry Shrek and the Innocence Project, we've learned that the justice system we have is a long way from being perfect. And any time a human being is denied liberty, has the best years of their lives taken from them by the state, frankly, I think they deserve massive amounts of compensation. There is no amount of money that can make up for losing 10 years of your life, 20 years of your life. How would you feel if if in the last year, the last year or two years or three years of your life, you had been held in prison knowing that you were absolutely innocent yet you had been convicted in a court of law beyond a reasonable doubt. That has got to be one of the most horrible feelings that any human being can ever experience. We don't even like it when a flight gets canceled and we end up getting stuck in Baltimore for a couple of hours. We don't like it. Or maybe you have to do overnight in Chicago. You are basically held beyond your will because somebody screwed up or maybe the weather didn't cooperate that day. Can you imagine spending night after night, week after week, month after month, year after year, locked up, knowing that it wasn't fair, knowing that the system failed you, knowing that your life had been taken from you, your liberty, your freedom, and you didn't do the crime. So not only, in the case of Lynn Dijak, are you left to mourn for the daughter who was murdered, but you have to know that you didn't do it, and yet you were the one who ended up doing the time. Now, I don't mean to belabor the point, but I think this point does need to be belabored because it is a tra- it's a total miscarriage of justice. And as I stated earlier, there was a time when somebody convicted of rape very easily could have been executed in this country. There is a time, obviously, within the lifetime of some people still living in New York State, where New York State would execute people, eventually switching from the gallows to the electric chair. And I wonder very often just how many people in our name were murdered by the state because they couldn't afford the best legal representation, 
they lost. A jury believed the prosecution. And those people had to go to their deaths knowing that they were losing their lives for something they did not do. And you know what? What's really disturbing is if we know and can name off the top of our heads two people who were unfairly incarcerated, how many people over the centuries did the various states of this union execute unfairly, execute when they were absolutely innocent of the crime for which they were being put to death? That is very troublesome to me. Very troublesome. Now, I do believe, going to sound like a contradiction, but it's, it's not. I do believe that society should have in its arsenal of potential punishments, I do believe the death penalty should be a part of that arsenal. Absolutely. Not a doubt in my mind. However, for me to feel comfortable with the death penalty, knowing what we know about how the system can get it wrong. And you know what's even worse than the system getting it wrong is the resistance Delano ran into. Actually, his name should be pronounced Delano, but certain habits die hard. If we can name two people who are unfairly incarcerated, how many people have been murdered? by the state because of the reasons I I cited earlier. But if we're going to put somebody to death, I think we should have that option. But because it is a permanent, irrevocable punishment, once you get it wrong, it's not like you can say, hey, we killed you and you were innocent. Here's $10 million. Have a nice life because you've taken that person's life. The system took that person's life. It's happened to our black brothers and sisters. It has happened to white people, Hispanics, people of Asian. It's happened to everybody. And it's appalling to think about it. So I will propose to you that, yes, the death penalty should be an option, but we need to adopt a different threshold of guilt in a capital case where you are going to punish somebody in a way that simply cannot be rectified by bringing that person back to life. I would propose a standard of guilty beyond any doubt. Guilty beyond any doubt. One example that everybody knows is Jack Ruby murdering Lee Oswald on national TV on November 24th of 1963. You've seen it a million times. But interestingly, in so doing and in dying while his case was on appeal, in the eyes of the law, Lee Oswald died an innocent man. You do realize that. Lee Oswald hadn't had a trial. He died innocent in the eyes of the law, and so did Jack Ruby. Even though we all saw him do it because his case was on appeal, He was innocent in the eyes of the law. A standard of guilty beyond any doubt. And if you think about it, the situation here in Buffalo, 
that racist terror attack on May 14th, absolutely, in my scenario, would qualify for the death penalty. There is no doubt whatsoever that the person who was sentenced to life without parole yesterday is the person who claimed those 10 lives. There's zero chance, zero, that he did not do it. He was caught red-handed. The whole thing was videotaped. You hear his voice saying, sorry, to the white guy who'd been wounded who was on the floor. There is no doubt he's absolutely as guilty as sin. Somebody like that, I believe, absolutely should qualify for the death penalty. And so confident am I in his guilt that I think many of us actually could flip the switch for the lethal injection and go home and sleep the sleep of the just, knowing that there's no way we have just sent an innocent person to death. Now, the question also then becomes, I don't know how practical a legal threshold of guilty beyond any doubt would be, but technologically, I think the odds of somebody being able to reach that threshold with all of the security cameras, all of the surveillance, all of the body cams, etc. Technologically, we're getting better every day at being able to conclusively state that beyond any doubt, so-and-so committed X action and according to our statutes, deserves to die for that action. Now, the question is, the question is, what is really worse for somebody, like the terrorists at tops? Is it having to face the death penalty, sitting around for a few years, waiting for a lethal injection, and it's like anesthesia, supposedly, you doze off, barely know what hits you, and in theory, you die without even knowing anything once the point where you go to sleep. Um, or is it, and, and then it's over forever. It's over just a few minutes of extreme stress and tension. And then you exist no more life without parole. Is that worse than the death penalty waking up every morning? You might be alive in the technical medical sense of being alive, but you're not living a life. There's nothing for which to to look forward. There is no purpose to your life except eating, drinking, performing the basic human functions, and watching the clock spin around and watching the calendar tick off the days. So we had a governor once, Mario Cuomo, and he used to say that life in prison without parole is worse than capital punishment. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? And what should we do with the tops killer? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is Bowerly, News Radio 930 WBEN, and the death penalty. Where do you stand on the death penalty? What are your concerns about the death penalty? Why do you think we need it? Why do you think we we don't need it? Is is life without parole really worse than the death penalty? That's what Mario Cuomo said way back when. Is, is that true? And very, very briefly, um, my opinion on the death penalty has absolutely evolved because when confronted with new information— one who does not change one's opinion is an idiot. Um, and the Capozzi and DJAC cases reminded me that even in the modern era, people can still be wrongly convicted. And I'm willing to say yes to the death penalty, especially in the top situation, because there is not a scintilla of a doubt that the person who was sentenced yesterday was, in fact, guilty and it couldn't be more, there could not have been more evidence. So no problem with the death penalty there. But we got to make sure that no innocent person ever is put to death in our name. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, let's go to Steve in uh, North Tonawanda. Steve, welcome. You're first up. Hello. How are you doing, Tom? Good afternoon. Afternoon. I think... Uh... I think for the most part you're you're spot on. Although it's it's still going to be incredibly difficult to define what exactly is without without everybody's going to interpret it different. Still, what is without an absolute doubt? Now, yes, you know what happened yesterday. Yeah, that that son of a bleep. Uh, yeah, there's there's absolutely. For sure, there's no doubt in that case. But what is going to be the threshold? Because there's always going to be, you know, there's got to be a line somewhere. Um, and I look. The truth of it is, Tom. You know what? Uh, today, tomorrow, and forever, we will unfortunately wrongly convict people at at times. It's it, it's never going to not happen. Um, we're human. We make mistakes. Um, uh, having said that, I would n- never take the death penalty off, off the table. Um, similar to gun control laws, um, uh, y- you know, the, the idea that if there were no guns in the world, people wouldn't get shot by guns. Well, that's, that's true, but it wouldn't stop people from murdering. Um, so you can't. I think taking it away is a mistake because there are horribly heinous crimes that are committed, like this 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 bastard that we're talking about. I don't know if I could say that. Uh, it, 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 and surely he does uh, deserve the death penalty. 
Oh. Well, not not only does he deserve it, but I think there is evidence beyond any doubt that would allow us as a society to sentence him to death without any worry. Now, you ask about how do we define beyond any doubt? And I think that obviously the lawyers and the judges would have to work out the details of that. But when you've got, for example, just one example of many would be this. You've got a murder. You have the murder that is captured on CCTV. The murder weapon, the suspect is seen holding. The ballistics come back, and yep, uh, that is the weapon that was used to fire the slugs into the dead person, and there's the video of him actually doing it. To me, that is guilt beyond any doubt. I used to think that too, Tom, but now we're getting into deep fakes. Well, this is this is true, and that is what... So it is. It's certainly one of those things that the the more you dissect it, the more difficult it becomes. Um, what I would say too is that the twist I would like, what I what I would prefer with the death penalty, is um, I don't like the idea that I have an executioner on my payroll. Uh, I, I don't like that. Um, so um, what I would suggest is. Uh, Next of kin has the option. If 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 somebody is convicted to death, um, the next of kin must must flip the switch. Well, the way I, I don't know that for that's whatever reason they don't want to do that, then it goes to life without parole. And then I thought, you know, as far as what you said, like what um, would you say said it, Mario? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I actually think. Anybody that's in our prison system, if they would rather be put to death, okay, it's going to save me money. All right, Steve, thank you uh, very much. Generally what happens now is the uh, COs who are trained better than any civilian will be, uh, they will volunteer for duty and they receive an extra bit of pay for performing the duty. Depends on the method of execution. Firing squad, I've read where it is operated that way. Uh, lethal injection, I believe it's the same principle that uh, that is used. People, no, nobody is going to be forced to do something they don't want to do. Um, but the death penalty, are you for the death penalty? Are you against it? And I am for it, but only subject to the strictures that I have just mentioned. It's got to be beyond any doubt. Deep fake videos, they can be forensically deconstructed. Uh, and if you've got a number of different perspectives and the video has been logged into evidence and there's a time and there's a chain of custody, um, I don't know that that's a huge concern. Let's go back to the calls. Here is Walter in Lewiston. Uh, yes or no on the death penalty? That's where I'm confused. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you watch movies. I, I assume you do. But I believe that a person should be beyond a reasonable doubt. They have to admit they did it. They have to have witnesses or the people have to have witnesses that, sh- that made sure that person did it. But over time, I watched movies and I got very confused. Have you ever seen The Trail 12 Angry Men? Oh, uh, you know what? I, it's, so, it's been so long. I, I know it's a great movie, but uh, I don't okay. remember the particulars. Okay, then go to Time to Kill movie. When it was a time to kill, when he killed a person that raped his daughter, he got off. 
Then there's other ones that Silence of the Lambs, a movie. And if you watch those movies, you're going to get totally confused on if the death penalty should be applied. Well, but where do you stand after having seen what you've seen uh, with uh, Hollywood, uh, reading what you've read? Where do you stand? Yes or no in the death penalty? It depends on the situation. It depends on what he did. He did what we're talking about uh, in the, the top shooter. I believe he deserves the death penalty. But is it more? Is it he being relieved of his of his thoughts? Or would it be better to put him in jail and let him think of what he did? That's another question. Which was is more, which is easier for him to put him to death, or let him think about it for the last next forty years, whatever he lived for? Well, at some point too, though, I think you've got to take into consideration the wishes of the victim's family or families. In which case, by the way, the Tops terror attack presents an interesting situation because you have some people who want the death penalty, who'd be very happy to take care of it themselves. You've got other people who don't want them to. So in a situation where you have multiple victims' families and multiple opinions, I don't know who wins in that one. I, that's my point. I don't know who wins in either. That's why I'm calling, because I'm totally confused. I, I've, I've known people have, how would I put it, really are convinced that death penalty is the best way to go. That's a possibility. If you want to lem- eliminate that problem, are you eliminating or are you uh, denying that it exists? That, that problem exists. Those people are going to be out there. People are going to shoot tomorrow. Look at the newspaper tomorrow evening and see how many people get shot. You're going to see it again tomorrow. We right. have thank, to deal with it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, as far as the death penalty being a deterrent, that's been argued back and forth for many, many years. The one thing I can tell you is uh, for the person who's done the killing, who's put to death, it's a real deterrent because uh, they're dead. They're gone. They cannot be a recidivist. They're out of our lives and out of society, no longer a menace or a danger. The uh, death penalty, yes or no, to the death penalty. Where do you stand on the death penalty? 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. This is uh, Jake in Amherst. Hello. Yeah, good morning, Tom. Uh, sure. Good afternoon, Tom. Yeah, um, overall, I'm for the death penalty. You know, I've done uh, a few essays in school, back on college on the death penalty, and, you know, um, serial killers in general. And overall, I'm, you know, for, for it. If you look at it from a behavioral aspect, a lot of these uh, killers, they actually, unless they go down in a uh, blaze of glory and they take their own life, you know, during the shooting, uh, they almost have a plan that they're going to give up after they committed their offense and surrender and spend the rest of their life uh, in prison, you know, under strict control. So I think it would be a good benefit where you have in these cases like this, you do have like capital punishment. And, uh, you know, and actually, I think some of the ways of execution are actually too humane to actually deter, you know, some of these uh, people from doing it. Well, I mean, the I mean, that's an interesting point. Uh, are we looking at uh, punishment or are we looking at securing the safety of uh, society? Look, I think there's a reason after thousands of years that the civilized countries like the United States, have switched to lethal injection. 
uh, because even though people have been for the death penalty, there have been incidents that have happened in the implementation of the death penalty, um, which have been particularly gory. Uh, there were hangings where people either had their head ripped off because the drop was too long, or they had to slowly strangle because the drop was too short. There have been situations in electrocutions where something malfunctioned and the person basically burned to death. Uh, the, I mean, they're, they're, you name the method of, of death and, and something will go wrong. There was at least one case where the cyanide pellets didn't properly drop into the vat underneath the chair in the gas chamber and a guard wearing a gas mask had to go in and shake the pellets loose and then dash out. So yeah, the, no, the, the no. lethal injection was done basically more for the comfort of uh, society and the executioner than the comfort of the condemned. Yeah, it's true. You know, I agree in some points that capital punishment doesn't should be applied because, of, let's say, if a person's convicted on uh, circumstantial evidence, which, you know, like probably 20, 30 years ago wouldn't have happened, you know, if you didn't fi- actually find a body and a murder weapon and have enough witnesses. But now you look at some of the cases where people are found guilty of, uh, you know, like murder and spending uh some are sentenced to death, and they just not, are convicted on circumstantial evidence. In cases like that, I could see, you know, just having, like, the uh, life without parole. Uh, all right. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, where do you stand on the death penalty? Should we have a death sentence as an option? I believe we should, but I would like the standard for executing somebody to be guilt established beyond any doubt, because reasonable doubt, if— We'd had the death sentence for the crimes for which Lynn Dijak and Anthony Capozzi were convicted. They would have been dead. And it doesn't do you much good if somebody finds out that you were innocent when you've been dead for 10 years, does it? We all saw what happened yesterday. Your thoughts on the death penalty, putting someone to death for the criminal action they have committed. And one of the things that gets me about the death penalty, too, is the arbitrariness of it. And we see all the time that where you commit the crime determines whether or not it's life, whether or not it's life with the possibility of parole after 20 years, or uh, whether it's the death penalty. Uh, And it it just it just seems to, to me, it just seems so arbitrary, although. When you have a system where the states basically are in charge of their own penal codes, that's what you're going to have. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Back to the calls, and here is Steve in Amherst. Steve, you are on. Hello. Good. Thank you for having me. Uh, I watched Anthony Capozzi. I was a MHU Hall captain at Wendy Correctional Facility from 2006 to 2009, so that was about three and a half years. And I believe I'm cut from a different cloth from most other officers. Okay, I called for his innocence, and I was the only officer in the state of New York knowing he was innocent because I saw how this man couldn't even, he would pick cigarette butts up that were burnt in the back, in the yard, out in the mental health unit, and he would roll them and he would smoke them. And I would see how this guy behaved, and I knew he was helpless, and it was sad to see Anthony Capozzi be in prison when I called for his innocence. And I wanted to say something. You know, I met his mother in the visiting room, and we talked. 
And the two of us had our own private cry over it because, you know, when I took that position, I was wildly unpopular for it. And I did other things in the prison which were wildly unpopular. And it may, and you, it has an effect on people and all the people who work in prison. And I ran a sheltered workshop, and I received many death threats. And, the, and Mario Como wanted me to prosecute a lot of 17 people and put them in prison, which I did not. But what I'm saying, the point that I'm trying to say here is I believe that if a man kills a correction officer inside a penal institution, that that inmate should be given the death penalty. And I agree with you on the death penalty if we've got that kind of evidence. It's very important that certain people, I don't think, you know, this man who murdered all these people in Buffalo should be breathing any kind of air, free air whatsoever, because the people that are dead aren't breathing any air. Uh, that is quite correct. Uh, if you want to hold on, uh, Steve, I've got a break here for news. But, you know, as a, a former CEO, I, I'd like some more of your thoughts on this. Uh, it is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Talking about the death penalty, I wanted to do it yesterday, obviously, but uh, other things came up and we didn't have a chance. Uh, we've had 24 plus hours to think about what we experienced yesterday as a community. And, uh, I want to know where you are on the death penalty. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. And the other thing I mentioned yesterday that I do want to mention again today, um, this community, May 14th and afterward, what that killer wanted to do, he accomplished the exact opposite. And there are many communities that would have reacted very differently to what happened on May 14th. Our community came together and you saw the absolute dregs of humanity with the shooter and you also saw some beautiful people coming together, helping each other and it really is a great mark for our community. And let's not forget, that individual came here from out of town. 803-0930, star 930, at 1-800-616-WBEN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.